You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, we will recap the recruiting class signing day is official. We'll talk about the size of the class, some prospects in the class. We'll talk about it overall. Could they still add guys? What's the plan going forward with the class? We will also make sure to just get an overall gist of where Pitt's at right now, who they think could be the future quarterback, and more. We'll talk all about it today, but we will also, we can't forget, tonight, Thursday night, the Pitt volleyball team plays in the Final Four against Nebraska. We will preview that matchup. We will certainly talk a lot about that as well. So all that is coming up here on Locked on Pit. Welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, as always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Folks, we have things to talk about. Volleyball obviously having their huge Final Four match coming up against Nebraska. That's a big one we will make sure to talk about in depth. We also have National Signing Day Pit Getting their class, the very small class, the smallest class I can certainly remember Pitt signing of 12 players here coming into the university. I think six early enrollees, as as Narduzzi mentioned. And there are a few guys that they're clearly very high on. And, and I, I find the guys that they are high on very interesting. Addison Copeland, wide receiver out of Buffalo, is a guy that they seem very high on. Ryan Bear, obviously. Another guy, he's the four-star, one of their highest-rated lineman recruits in a while, highest in eight years, so big-time recruit there, and big-time get for Dave Borbley, Andre Powell, and those guys that recruit Ohio. Big-time stuff from those guys to get Ryan Bear. But the recruiting class overall, I mean, it worked out kind of as we predicted. I'm on here yesterday on Locked on Pit. We said... You know, Pitt did feel good about Camden Brown, but ultimately I felt he would go to Auburn. He did go to Auburn. Pitt did not get Camden Brown, so they do not get a four, double four-star. But they do get Samuel Okunlola from Massachusetts. They get a four-star defensive end, and he certainly is not a bad consolation prize by any means. This guy is a baller, as I've said before. And so, when you look in the grand scheme of things of what Pitt did in this class, yeah, it's low. I understand. It's going to be 60th overall. But the size of it, the size of it contributes to that greatly. Also, Sam Vanderhart, the punter, is a two-star. So that's also going to contribute to it greatly. You take him out of the equation, and all of a sudden, look at where your star rating is. And besides, the actual star ratings, the actual true star ratings are just about on par with last year's. 309 last year, 308 this year, and if you take Vanderhart's actually higher than last year. So this isn't a bad one in terms of quality. It's just in terms of quantity, they do not have nearly as many as they usually do. Again, only 12 recruits signing here on the early signing period for Pitt. And it's because of the crunch of the super seniors, of course. The NCAA never deciding to recede that down or 
have them not count against the limit. It never happened. And so Pitt now had to scramble. We'll see who comes back in terms of Super Seniors. We already know Kirk Christodoulou will not return. Vanderhaar will be the punter. Either him or Cam Guess. You would absolutely kind of think uh, one of those two would be the punter next year for the Pittsburgh Panthers. However, however, and the more important thing and the more intriguing thing is who does return? Narduzzi did say we will find out soon. So we'll find out about guys like Cam Bright, guys like Desla Alexander, guys like Shockey Jacques-Louis, Todd Sibley, um, these guys. We will find out about the Marcus Miner, Carter Warren, Grant Ho uh, Gabe Hoy, um, Owen Drexel. All of these guys will be announcing kind of if they come back, and we'll see who does end up coming back. I think the offensive line and Cam Bright are those big important guys to watch. You know, Desmond Alexander as well, Damari Mathis as well, but you kind of expect Mathis to be gone. You kind of expect a few of those guys to be gone. You know, Carter Warren expect to be gone. They're going to go to the NFL. And so there's a difference there and kind of a vibe difference uh, between these guys. But Pitt, overall, this now is a lower-ranked recruiting class. It is what it is. But Pitt obviously had that because of the lack of quantity, the lack of pure volume. They've signed big classes before. They signed a really, really small class this year, and it's not a bad class. And again, I've talked about this before. I think they have a few guys that they really like in this class, and I think that there are a few guys to watch. Okunlola is a guy. I don't think he's going to play a ton this year just because Pitt's purely deep along the defensive line. It perpetually is. I mean, look at the guys they've signed. Look at the guys they have with Baldonado. With Morgan, with all these guys, they're not losing Baldonado or Morgan, at least you wouldn't think. They could lose Baldonado, I guess, if he decides to declare, but I wouldn't expect that to come. But there's guys like that. There's Dayon Hayes, there's Nakai Johnson, there's Elliot Donald, and Okanlola is a guy, Nate Temple, Bam Brina. You know, the defensive tackle and defensive end positions are very deep for Pitt. So we'll see what Okanlola ends up kind of doing, um, but I don't think he's going to play a lot. But there are candidates here. I think, to play early on. I think guys like Addison Copeland, for example, at wide receiver, could play a lot. He's very, very talented. He's a guy that can really run, but he's also a guy that can go up and get it, go up above the rim. Again, very Taysier Mack-ish, I think. This is a guy that fits the same mold as Taysier Mack. You kind of see him, you know, while Jaden Bradley, I think, filled more of a Jared Wayne-esque role, I think this guy... Edison Copeland's more of a tastier Mac type guy. Chena Wapako uh, could play. His pure track speed, 10-4, 10-3 in the 100-meter dash. This guy can fly. Absolute burner uh, in, in terms of, of who they got here. He's the fastest recruit they have in this class by a very wide margin. I think he'll play uh, a little bit. Maybe you get him on certain packages. Maybe he's the returner, so you get Jordan Addison and Israel Abanikanda off those next year. There's a lot of scenarios where you can see Nawabuko kind of getting his due uh, here. Obviously, Vanderhaar I would expect to play. I think the, line, the two linebacker recruits could play a little bit as well. Uh, you look at Marquand Pope, who's going to be a star, and, and you, a star linebacker, and you look at, at Kyle Lewis, who might be a star or a money, uh, depending on how they, how they do that. He looks already very well chiseled. He looks like he's bulking up. So you look at those two guys with the lack of depth, with the lack of options they have actually at the linebacker room. Pope and Lewis, I think, could also get early playing time, certainly in out of this recruiting class. And I mean freshman playing time. So 
that's the type of guys that they're bringing in. You know, Sean Fitzsimmons, I think, is going to be good. But again, defensive tackle is a very deep unit on this team. Tough to crack that that kind of rotation overall. It's a very, very tough rotation to crack when you're trying to play for Charlie Partridge's defensive line. And, and when guys like Elliott Donald and Kai Johnson can't, it's going to be tough for Sean Fitzsimmons, even though I think he's really good to do it. Ryan Bear, same thing. Again, I think there's going to be guys that are going to return as super seniors on the offensive line. I think he'll play early on in terms of, you know, maybe sophomore year, but I don't think we're going to see him play just yet. But, you know, Jordan Bailey, he's probably going to need a redshirt year. There's guys, Ryland Gandy at corner, you know, very intriguing. He's got great recovery speed. He's got good length. But, again, there's guys knocking on that door. MJ Devonshire, Khalil Anderson, Noah Bigelow, Tamarian Crumpley. Like, these are guys that are knocking on the door who that are still waiting and still waiting for their opportunity. It's going to be tough for them to, I think, get on the field um, early on. So don't expect a ton of freshman contributions, I guess, from this class. I think you can expect Copeland maybe, maybe Nwapako. I think the two linebackers might be the biggest names that, that kind of get some rotation time in here. But don't expect it. It's a small class. I don't think they're done with it either. We'll talk about implications, you know, kind of what this tells us about Pitt, what their vision is. For the future, uh, some interesting comments from Pat Narduzzi, kind of where I see everything going here. And we will certainly talk about that here uh, today. But first, folks, I want to let you know about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special year, end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash NCAA. Folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And folks, as we continue to talk about signing day, I do want to make sure you guys check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football player preview begins this Friday. And again, we will have a Peach Bowl preview regardless of how who is playing, how that's going to go down, the whole buildup. I'll be there. I'll be breaking it down for you guys. I'll be giving you guys a peachful preview over there, and it will be great as well. So make sure to check that out when it comes out, folks. First, though, let's continue to talk about National Signing Day a little bit and some implications from it. Because Pat Narduzzi's press conference, I think, today was very, very interesting. I think very insightful as well um, in terms of what he's planning to do for the rest of the recruiting cycle what Pitt's plan is, and also what Pitt's thoughts are at the quarterback position. Uh, I think, first of all, I think, one, I think one of the more important things that actually showed up kind of throughout the press conference was that 
this was going to be a small class. Uh, we will find out about the super seniors here pretty soon. Kind of everything that's going to go there. We will find out about the interim offensive coordinator. We will find out about Kenny Pickett playing. We'll find about all that soon. It will come about. But the more important thing that I thought showed out was that this class is not done yet. It's a small class. It's only 12, but I think it's going to peak up to about 14 or 15. I don't think there's going to be too many more takes. And that's not including transfers, by the way. If you want to include transfers, maybe 17 um, this class ends up being, which is still relatively a pretty small class for Pitt. Usually they sign 20-plus. So this is not a huge class for Pitt regardless. But I think more importantly, when you just look at Pitt and what they're trying to do in terms of this class, they are going to do one thing, first of all. They are going to look at guys at positions of need, so it wouldn't be surprising to me. In terms of young guys at positions of need, wouldn't surprise me if they added another running back, for example. Certainly could hit another tight end. I think that could be something that they look at. Um, I, I think that they could even go at, with another linebacker, maybe a safety. You know, there, there are positions here they can go after. So, this is not going to be done. It's it's far from a done class. This class looks like something that Pitt still wants to attack a little bit, and they'll probably add a few more high school guys in that late signing period in February. So I would expect that. Second of all, I don't expect them to go crazy on the transfer portal. It didn't sound like Pat Norduty thought that they were going to do it. I do expect them to reach out to quarterbacks. I think they're going to sign a quarterback. Again, I think they'll sign a receiver. I think they might even sign a, a, a linebacker. That's only three guys relative to what a lot of teams are doing. That's not much. A lot of teams are going to bring in six, seven, eight guys from the portal. I don't see Pitt doing that at all. And, and I do think that is something to kind of take note of is that, okay, Pitt will go and use the portal. But more importantly, Pitt's not going to overuse the portal because what more importantly, what they want to use is they want to use their development systems, kind of the structure they feel they have in place, and they also have this culture in place where they feel like they can retain their big guys. And so far, they have been right on that. There haven't been any crazy transfers out of Pitt. All the transfers that have actually transferred out of Pitt are all because of lack of playing time, you know, position fit, scheme fit, stuff like that. It's nothing, you know, they've been recruited over and essentially don't have too much of a spot here anymore. It's not that... Oh my goodness, Pitt clearly is losing these guys. No, the linebacker spot got thin quick. The only guy that was a little bit, a little bit questionable was was Wendell Davis. But outside of him, there's not really questionable transfers here. You know, it's not like they're losing starters. They haven't lost really a single starter again because just Davis wasn't going to start. I mean, Dennis was going to start there at the mic. So we'll see kind of how it all works out. But I don't think they're going to use the portal too too much. I think they'll go about guys they really like. Think about Kanata Mumfield. Chubba Purdy, you know, they might reach out to another receiver, they might reach out to a few more quarterbacks, and they're not going to rush this process, they're going to go through it, they're going to use it, they're going to do it as their due process, they're going to add guys where they see fit, but more importantly, this is not going to be transfers galore coming to the University of Pittsburgh. I also found it very interesting how effusive, praise-wise, he was of Nate Yarnell, um, because, you know, he was asked, well, why is there no quarterback here in this class? And, and Narduzzi talked about Yarnell and talked about how he's a great worker, how he's great arm, great touch. The accuracy is there. And it seems like this team loves Nate Yarnell and what he can bring to the table. So we'll see kind of what that ends up being. But it's clear that Pitt and Narduzzi and his staff, boy, they like this guy. 
Um, so, so overall, they didn't feel the need to recruit a quarterback. I think that's going to change next year. I think they're going to get a quarterback in here. And again, I think they're going to get a quarterback through the portal. But Pitt is, is more so, I think, kind of winding down here. I, I don't think they're going to go crazy uh, about the whole portal stuff. I don't think they're, I think they're going to add a few more guys into this recruiting class. And I think it tells you overall they like their team. You know, they're going to bring back the super seniors. And they're going to be happy to have some of these older guys back because, you know, like Cam Bright, for example, they're going to be happy to have guys like Desmond Alexander, like the offensive lineman back because of what they bring to the table, the integral nature that they bring to the table, the high level of play they brought this year to the team in terms of significant playing time at a varsity level. You know, that that's kind of the thing that when you look at it overall, that's that's where you're going to go with these guys. So that's kind of what the main takeaways were from that. And, and I thought that Pitt overall did a decent job of navigating this overall. Folks, let's talk about that volleyball matchup. Pitt facing Nebraska. However, first, folks, I want to let you know about Boost Online. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all the brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can spend it all on the speed of 5G. With all the money you'll save and all the knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer slash coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Folks, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code Locked On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk about this Final Four matchup between Pitt and Nebraska. Big, big matchup for Pitt. They just left yesterday to go to Columbus. And man, this one's going to be tough because you're playing a night game, very late night game. There's going to be some... I, I know when, when you would play, at least when I would play super late, stuff kind of... It, it's not volleyball, obviously, but... You, you kind of feel a little fatigued at times, and, and you get a little tired, even if the, the atmosphere is there. But hopefully the electricity of this atmosphere keeps you motivated and everything. But but here's the thing. This is a really, really good Nebraska team. And I mean, this team is phenomenal. In terms of what they can do at an overall level, it's tough. To find a better team at digging, in in the, just straight up getting digs in this field, like just not not just I'm not just talking about the final four. I am talking about 
period. They are so good at getting digs that this team racks them up like it's nothing. 218 digs overall in the tournament. That's second most throughout the tournament. And again, Purdue leads, but really on a digs per set level, no one's close to them. They lead it all. So you look at this overall and you're like, okay. I understand where we're coming from now, and they led the nation in digs per set um, coming out of that. So so this this is a team that's dangerous, very dangerous, very, very dangerous. And Alexi Rodriguez is a huge reason for that. She's absolutely dynamite at getting those key digs out and not even letting those hitters really attack them. But from where they, they kind of get into some weaknesses is this team can absolutely allow... The, the right side, those cross-body types of hits, those hard hits. You know, Fairbanks, I think, is going to be a certain factor in this matchup. Obviously, you had a dynamite game against Purdue, but when you work through that right side and you can hit those cross-body digs, and it's a killer. Those cross-body shots, when you, when you watch volleyball, you're, you don't notice it in real time, the different type of hitting styles. All you know is, okay, they're trying to hit it with the open palm, and they're trying to to get it on the ground as quick as possible, and they're obviously following through with that elbow bent for ma- maximum velocity. There's different styles to do it, though. There, There is absolutely, there's the tomahawk kind of chop, there's that cross body that, that Fairbanks has that's deadly, and, and you got stuff like that, and, and it gives you a certain different rotation on that ball, and it's much tougher to hit because it, it, it has this rotation and it goes towards the corners, especially fast. And, and obviously, Pitt has a ton of attackers. And they need to be clean, Pitt, first of all. Because this team, Pitt, is prone to getting some service errors. And, and that can be killer. Pitt has been prone to, at times, kind of exposing themselves to just issues that, that, they're, that they're just going to let teams back in. And that's been kind of the margin of error when they faced Louisville or when they lost to Georgia Tech. They were sloppy. And, and they got sloppy for a set or two on their serve receive. And, man, when you're playing teams like that, you can't have that. And, and that's the thing. So you're now at a level when you have to play at an all-elite level. And they did that against Purdue. I'm telling you, when Pitt's on their game, man, when they're on their best game, I'm not sure anyone in the nation can beat them. I, I legitimately believe that. You know, because they, they, they took Louisville to five sets in Louisville, and they didn't even play their best game. They, they play their best game against Louisville or, or against Nebraska, I think they win, could win it all. But, again, Nebraska is a team that gets very key digs. They have a great serve-receive. They have a nice pair of attackers. So so this is a, a really, really, really tough team to overall beat because it, it, it's you look at it overall, and they're very spread out in terms of their kill production. But they get a lot of kills, and, and that's the thing. So this team does get a lot of kills, but they're very spread out in terms of that production. So it's not, you know, one person that you can look at and say, this is who we have to focus in on. No, but the key person that makes this thing all work is Rodriguez with her amazing digs and ability to keep it alive. That's Nebraska's biggest thing. They make you make mistakes. They fight in there. They're tough out for every single point because they get such quality digs. They're great on the serve receive. They don't get many service errors, so they're not going to give you many free points. They're a very clean team, and that makes them very tough. Pitt, though, is a massively deep team, and here's the thing. 
The thing with Nebraska that's also very tough is that they're a very good defensive team. When you just look at opponent hitting percentage, this season they've held opponents to 144 hit percentage. That's best in the Big Ten, and that's eighth in the nation. So they're one of the best defensive teams as well. They can get up and get in front of the net. But again, the big thing when you look at that hitting percentage is a lot of them just aren't converted because of those digs. The key digs, it's tough to get a pass, and you can't look past that because the ability to dig out those very tough shots and those very tough tries, it's such an invaluable tool, and that's what's going to make this one really tough for Pitt. They're tall as well. They're very tall, but Pitt just beat a tall team in Purdue. So Pitt's shown the capability to do that, and Pitt certainly has players to do that. There's no no one needs endorsements from me on Pitt's team. You know, member Monet doesn't need an endorsement. Serena Gray doesn't need an endorsement. Shanaza Ende and Kayla Lynch certainly do not need an endorsement from me. They don't. And and Pitt has all the talent in the world to be able to do this and win this game. And that's the thing. But but when you look at Nebraska, they have that special defensive capability. They're going to be the best digging team Pitt's ever going to face in, in this tournament. They're this season. So it's going to be a unique challenge for Pitt. We'll have to see if they can overcome it. They certainly have the ability to put on overwhelming pressure to even overwhelm Nebraska. But the question is going to be, can Pitt keep up with Nebraska's overall pressure? And can they force them to get on their heels that even when they're getting digs, maybe they're not getting quality digs. You know, they're not getting quality shots over the net. So they're not bringing counterattacks that's actually threatening. Instead, Pitt has to put them on their heels, and Pitt has to put the offensive pressure on their heels, and Pitt themselves are going to have to get really key digs and key sets, quality serve-receive, quality ability to just set up their attackers, whether it's through the middle or through the outside. They have the attackers to do this. You're just going to have to see players step up in unique ways because of the unique challenges Nebraska brings to the table. Folks, that's all we have here on this episode of Locked on Pit. As always, thanks for listening, and hail to Pit.